morning. How's everybody doing? It's been a good morning so far. We've had a baptism, and that's good news. And these two girls might run Brother James out of a job. He said good. That was, amen. We finally get an amen. That's good. No, that was really nice. That was really good. Happy birthday, Debbie. Uh, this morning we're going to talk. We're continuing on. Oh, I have some. I have. I have my own announcements before we get started. Uh, three announcements, and um, Rodney took care of one of them. We're going to meet today. If anybody's interested in doing a little bit of door knocking, we're going to meet here. To, just is just right around the church here. We're going to strategize for a couple minutes. Uh, maybe talk about some talking points. Grab some bulletins and some church calendars, and we're going to disperse and uh, go knock on doors and invite people to Christ first, but then to the church. And I think the youth are going back out to knock on doors with bags of cookies and stuff tonight. So people are going to get the double whammy in the neighborhood this this evening, I guess. But that's all right. That's good. Um, we're going to have our first, I have two goals for the end of the year. And that is, um, one of them is to have our first global missions meeting. And that will be next week, uh, December 10th, immediately after church and there's a sign-up sheet back there, and there's names on there already. You signed up three or four months ago, but uh, this is an invitation for anybody that's interested in the global missions vision of the church. Uh, we'll have our initial meeting next week, December 10th. And also next week, December 9th, that would be Saturday from 6 to 8, Jared Davis up in Middletown is having a worship service, and I would like uh, anybody that's interested, I'm going, and I know a lot of people express interest in going, um, just reach out to me this week early, maybe let's say by, uh, by Wednesday night, let me know because he wants, he doesn't want to be overwhelmingly surprised by 45 people. I want to give him a heads up of how many people roughly are going to be there. So if you're interested in that, let me know and I'll give him a ballpark number so that he's not, uh, overwhelmed with us from Bellevue. So those are my couple of announcements. And, uh, this week we're going to continue on with, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, and we will be discussing fasting. And I will read these verses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that this message today is fruitful and that um, people see your glory through the practice of fasting. And uh, I, I think it's your expectation that we do fast from time to time from food and to draw closer to you. That's the whole point of fasting. And I hope we grasp that by the end of this message that the point of fasting is to draw near to you and uh, through situations in our life, through prayer, prayer and fasting at the same time. And I, I just hope and pray that that's evidently clear through the message today. And I pray that your name is glorified as we learn about you today. And I pray these in your name. Amen. So I feel bad. We've got the church all decorated for Christmas and it's been a beautiful service. And I'm not I'm not have a Christmas theme just yet. We're talking about fasting. That's what we're talking about. But we'll get to Christmas soon enough. So what is fasting? Let's explore the idea of fasting. Is fasting a weight loss strategy? Is fasting a health kick? Well, yes, it is both of those things. But biblically, in a biblical context, fasting is a spiritual discipline 
that does exactly that. It disciplines us. Disciplines us to do what? Well, fasting teaches us to rely on God rather than relying on ourselves. And a simple definition of fasting is this. Christian fasting is a believer's voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. And that definition comes out of this book. And I've mentioned this book two or three times. I think Mary Casper ordered this book. Mary, have you read the whole thing yet? <laughs> she listened to it. Well, there's this, this book's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, and it's written by Don Whitney. And most many of these notes come from Don Whitney, but he's got... Uh, he outlines prayer, he outlines Bible intake, he outlines fasting, he outlines all kinds of uh, spiritual disciplines in this book. So if you don't have the book, maybe look into getting that book because it is a wonderful resource. So fasting is not something that we talk about a whole lot in churches. Well, it hasn't been my experience anyways. I've only been to one church other than this one, but uh, we didn't talk about fasting too much um, in my time there. But fasting is mentioned in Scripture 77 times. And baptism is mentioned in Scripture 75 times. So fasting is discussed more than baptism. The fasting that is discussed in the Bible is only written about fasting from food and water. But I would say that in our culture, uh, it would be God-glorifying to fast from some other things, maybe technology, cell phones, uh, alcohol, anything that takes us, sports. Uh, I have... Plenty of examples listed here of things that we can that can become a huge distraction for us. Work. We can't fast from work. That's not a good example. We have to work. But as we talk today about fasting, we're only talking about um, taking food from ourselves for a period of time. And Don Whitney defines a, a fast as it can be as simple as skipping one meal. It can be a whole day. It can be three days. It doesn't need to be much longer than that because we all know what happens if you don't eat. It's not good. So we're not asking you to starve. Or, or, I'm not asking you to starve yourself. Just just strip food away from yourself for a while to, to lean more on God. So as we progress through the message today, we're like I said, we're only going to talk about uh, food fasting. We're not going to talk about any other taking other things away from ourselves. So in Matthew chapter four, verses one and two says that. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, that would say, it doesn't say he was hungry and thirsty. So one would assume that he drank water during that time, but he did not eat. In Luke chapter 4, verse 2 says the same thing. For 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. So a normal biblical fast... Uh, in my opinion and the opinion of Don Whitney, is food, take, to take food away. In the book of Daniel, we see a different kind of fast, and, and Don Whitney called that a partial fast. In chapter 1 of Daniel, Daniel, um, he has three friends with him, and he says he doesn't want to defile himself with the king's food and the king's wine, so he elects for himself and his friends to only eat vegetables and water for a couple days. Now, if you were Daniel's friend... Would you be a little upset with Daniel about this? Sims likes to eat. He's saying yes. And do you eat very many vegetables? I don't know that I pay that much. Okay. So that would be a partial fast because Daniel's still eating. And you hear about people doing the Daniel fast today for whatever reasons. Uh, maybe maybe just to draw closer to God. We're going to get into we're going to get into more um, specific reasons for fasting in a minute. So that would be called a partial fast. Ezra participated in an absolute fast in Ezra chapter 10, verse 6. 
Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the chamber of uh-oh, Jehohanan, the son of Eliashib, where he spent the night, neither eating bread nor drinking water, for he was mourning over the faithlessness of the exiles. So Ezra didn't in this in this absolute fast. There was no food eaten or water uh, drank, drinking, drank, drank. He didn't drink any water. Drunk, drunk water. The Bible also describes a supernatural fast in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 9, and I do not advise you participate in this one. Moses says this, When I went up the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread or drank water. Now, God had His hand in this mix, so we are not going to... The Bible says not to test God. Don't go 40 days without water or food because it won't won't look good for you. So, a normal private fast is what we're discussing today from Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, which I read and I will read again. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigured their faces that their fasting might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So, Jesus tells us, and I believe He expects us to fast privately. The expectation is that we do fast. And I hope I, hope I make that clear in a minute. As we think about the sermons over the last couple of weeks, we, we've talked about praying and, we, and we've talked about giving. And in those verses, Jesus says, when you give to the needy, when you pray, and when you fast. So if we're thinking about the word when, if, if, if Jesus is saying, when you do pray, well, that, the expectation is, you should be praying. When you do, do this. When you do give, do this. And when you do fast, do this. So we know that we're expect in the church, we know where the expectation is to give. And we know that the expectation is to pray. But when we think about fasting, we go, really? We're supposed to be fasting? Jesus expects us to fast? I think he does by based on what we're reading here. When you fast. So his expectation is that we do. And the purpose of this is to draw nearer to him. So this why wouldn't we want to participate in feeling nearer to God? Jesus' warning in the passage not to look gloomy uh, is so that over the last three weeks we've been talking about self-righteousness. We don't pray so that we can be seen by people. We don't give so that we can be seen by people. And we don't fast and look miserable so that we can be seen by people. He says, what does he say? He tells them to to wash their face and, and anoint yourself with oil. And I think those are probably just normal things that they would do in the morning. So he's saying, do what you normally do. Don't tell everybody that you're doing it, but do it. And uh, I want to offer this disclaimer about fasting. If you're pregnant or if you've got health issues, nutrition issues, or, or, or any of these things, don't fast from food. If it's going to hinder your health, please don't do that. So that's my warning to you. As we move on this morning and continue uh, discussing fasting, I want to under- I want you all to understand a couple reasons. So, generally, we would say we fast to draw nearer to the Lord, but I want to get more specific than that. And I outline Don Whitney outlined several reasons in here, and I I kind of picked eight of them to outline, and uh, it won't take long. So so bear with me. We'll all get to lunch in a little while. We're not fasting. We're not fasting yet. We're just learning about it. So. We can fast for several reasons. Reason number one would be we can fast to strengthen prayer. 
We can fast to seek God's guidance. And these are in the bulletin if you want to follow along with that. We can fast to express grief. We can fast to express repentance and the return to God. We can fast to humble ourselves before God. We can fast to minister to the needs of others. We can fast to overcome temptation in our lives. And we can fast to express love, praise, and worship to God. And in the book, uh, Whitney included a quote by Arthur Wallace, I think his name was. Um, And that quote says this, Fasting is calculated to bring a note of urgency and importunity into our praying and to give force to our pleading in the court of heaven. The man who prays with fasting is giving heaven notice that he is truly in earnest. Not only so, but he is expressing his earnestness in a divinely appointed way. He is using a means that God has chosen to make his voice to be heard on high. So this is biblical fasting. We, we have a reason. We want to draw nearer to God. We want to pray for specific people. We want to, um, all the reasons I outlined, uh, to minister to the needs of others, to humble ourselves before God. That, these are reasons why we fast. So let's outline reason number one. We can fast, and this is the longest one, so don't get tied up on my, we've got eight of them, but we'll get through them. We can fast to strengthen prayer. So practically when you're fasting and you decide, okay, Monday I'm going to fast. I'm going to drink water. I'm not going to eat food. Every time your stomach goes, you think, oh man, I'm hungry. And then you think, well, what am I? Why am I hungry? Oh, it's because I'm fasting. Why am I fasting? Because I want to strengthen my prayer. My prayer life is, I said it last week, sometimes my prayer life, and I hate to admit this, but sometimes it is not where it needs to be. And this would be the perfect time to fast and the perfect reason to fast, to strengthen prayer. So every time my stomach is growling, I think, okay, I'm fasting. This is not enjoyable, but I'm doing it for a reason. And this is just one day and I'm fasting to to strengthen my prayer life. So stomach is growling. Every time that happens, my mind says, I'm fasting and I'm fasting to strengthen my prayer life. I better pray. So that is the practical application for fasting. How many times have you found, I do this all the time. I start praying about something. Maybe it's around lunchtime on a Saturday and I'm praying before I eat. And I cut the prayer off uh, subconsciously and stop praying. And the next thing you know, I'm out mowing the yard and I forgot that I even started praying. And, and that is not a strong prayer life, okay? If I, my prayer dies before the end and I forget that I was even doing it, I need to strengthen my prayer life. And this is a way to do that. So every time your stomach goes growl, growl, I'm hungry, you pray. Reason number two, we can fast to seek God's guidance. Maybe there's a situation in your life. I imagine there are plenty of them and we and we need to seek God's guidance in all things that we do. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's some sort of other deep spiritual matter. Or maybe it's sin in your life that you're wanting to, to seek God's guidance through. Pick a day a week and and fast to seek God's guidance in this. Remember a few a few months ago, we talked about uh, friends, you know, we seek guidance through friends sometimes, and your friends often tell you, well, follow your heart or trust your gut. And it, we know that if most of the time, if we follow our heart, our heart is blackened by sin, we'll go to the thing that we probably shouldn't be doing. So in these times, it's fine to uh, confide in friends and ask friends for guidance, but let's lean on God first, and fasting can help with this. We can fast to express grief. Maybe I've been here for six months and I've heard a lot of health problems and uh, sickness and death. Um, 
you know, maybe we're suffering through something awful. Maybe it's a death of a loved one or a loss of a friend or sinful activities in our own life or sinful activities in the life of our friends or even the sinfulness of this nation or this world. That is grief. Lord, why am I living in this mess of a world? That is grief. So we can fast and we can uh, lean on God for understanding in these things. Reason number four, we can fast to express repentance and the return to God. So if we believe in the gospel message, we are saved people and we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we will be convicted of our sin when we do sin. And when we do sin, we must realize it and turn from it. That is, remember, repentance is just a fancy word for sin. I'm going to turn from sin. I'm going to go towards God. That is repentance. So we can fast to express repentance and the return to God. So I guess practically that would look like I have a sin in my life. I'm not taking it very seriously. I'm not fighting it very hard. One day a week or every two weeks or whatever, I want this to go away. I'm really going to focus this day on ridding, well, of God ridding me from this sin. I'm going to fast and every time I get hungry, I'm going to pray about this and try to get this mess out of my life. Reason number five, we can fast to humble ourselves before God. Does anybody ever get a little too big for your britches sometimes? We can go through seasons of life when God becomes less important to us. And, and if we're saved, we'll come back. We'll, we'll come out of that. It's not a forever thing. We go through seasons of highs and lows and mountains and valleys. But sometimes we're in the valley. We decide, you know, we don't really feel God's presence sometimes in those cases. And you can, it, once you realize that, you think, well, I, I want to draw near. I want to feel God's presence. I want to understand more why I'm going through this. Well, this would be a good time to fast. We can fast to minister to the needs of others. There are needs all around us, physical needs and spiritual needs. Remember last week, we discussed uh, kingdom-oriented prayers. We, 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 we talked about praying for people's salvations. We talked about praying for the deepening of faith of others. And we all know the physical needs. I don't have to outline those, but... These are things we can dedicate time to spend special, special dedicated time with the Lord about for a full day or for one meal. Or maybe, maybe your fasting looks like this. You decide on Tuesdays, I'm going to skip lunch. And for that half hour or that hour that you get at work, spend that time in prayer rather than eating that sandwich that your wife made for you or whatever. I'm sure she would consider it a great thing if you skip a meal and she, you'll save money and she won't have to make you food. So... Maybe use your time that way, praying about physical needs for somebody or think in that prayer time, needs will arise too. How can I help this person? How can I come alongside this person and help them? We can fast to overcome temptation in our lives. Just like needs, there's needs all around us. Well, there's also temptation all around us. There's Shiny objects. Right now, I, for some reason, my mind is telling me we need a new vehicle. I don't know why. I think it's Brady's fault. She was talking about needing a new truck. And I, I was like, maybe I need a new truck. And then, then my truck broke down. It's over there at Rick's garage getting fixed. So I don't need a new truck. I just need one that runs. Right now, that's what I need. So, But there's temptation all around us. We want the new thing. We want the shiny thing. Sometimes this comes in the form of people. We desire people that we don't need. And... Uh, this is all temptation. So if you have temptation in your life, 
fast and pray to rid yourself of thinking about things that aren't bringing honor to God. We must not let... I'll have an example. I have a story to tell. So a couple years ago, I came up here to work. Uh, I quit the family business. I went and worked somewhere else. We had a job up here, and I came back to work for the family business, not for the sake of working for the family business, but for the sake of maybe ending up here in northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. And I didn't really seek wise counsel through this process. I was actually interning uh, at our other church just to kind of be uh, uh, to see the ins and outs of church life. This would have been in 20, uh, 2019, I guess. And I went, I think I probably came to that job up here for selfish reasons. I'd, I was tired of being in Springfield, maybe. I just wanted to change. I don't, I don't really know. Heather could probably remind me. But um, I went that way, and that job took me away from my family for a week at a time. So I would leave on a Sunday night or at 3 o'clock on a Monday morning, and I wouldn't get back home until Friday night. And our family life did this. And that lasted for a good six months, I guess. And this would have been a perfect scenario uh, under number seven. Tem the temptation was... I don't like the situation I'm in. I'm going to forcefully put myself in another situation that maybe does something better for me. Well, that wasn't God. God did good things from this. Uh, he's, he's got good in, in every area of our life, but that I don't think that was the direction that he wanted me to go. So um, these are things that we can. Temptation is not only um, the way we perceive it in our minds, but sometimes we get selfish and think, well, I'll just I'm tempted to change my situation. I have the freedom to take this new job, well, maybe that job isn't going to be a blessing to you and your family. So really think about these things before you think about them, fast about them, pray about them, and, and God will give you answers, hopefully. And reason number eight, we can fast to express love, praise, and worship to God. In the book of Luke, there's a lady named Anna uh, in chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, I think. Yep. Her name was Anna, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, a lot of interesting names today, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. That means she is old. <laughs> Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84, she did not, I'm sorry for everybody that's 84, you all aren't old, I'm sorry. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer day and night. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So if our reason is to, to fast, is to express love, praise, and worship to God, well, Anna did, sure did a great job of this. She says she was in the temple day and night, praying and fasting uh, and worshiping. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that day and night? We, we, sh we don't have to starve ourselves day and night for a long period of time, but God, you are a good God. There's Think about all the things that God has done for your life. He gives you air to breathe. He gives you water to drink. He gives you shelter. He gives you a church building. He gives you a church family. He gives you a spouse to love. Remember, be fruitful and multiply. It's the bow chicka wow wow. A byproduct of that is children. He gives us children. These are good things. He gives us hobbies and interests. He gives us excitement in life. He gives Dave Patterson sawmill to, to play with on whenever he does that. God gives us really good things, really good hobbies, families, 
Life is good. Sometimes life is hard, but life is good. Let's praise God for these things. Let's spend a day, let's take food away from ourselves and devote a day of just simply praising God for the things that He's done. God, thank you for putting me here at Bellevue. Thank you for allowing me to suffer for five years, not knowing what in the world I'm doing with my life and leading me here. Finally, it, it was a long five years. We were talking about that Wednesday night. I, I can't remember who asked. Ron, was it you? You said, how long was it from the time that from the time that you left to the family business to the time that you got here at this church, I think he thought it was like five weeks. <laughs> and I said, it's five years. And he's like, oh, that's good. I felt every day of that five years. It was pretty tough. But anyways, praise God that, that he had a plan for me. I knew he did, but I didn't know it was going to take that long. But I'm grateful that it didn't take 15 years because I don't know where I would end up. But Let's praise God for these things. If we're, if we're saved folks, and this message really is for saved folks, you're not going to understand why you should fast if you don't have a relationship with Jesus already. But if we are saved folks, we should praise God every single day that we wake up. God, here I am again. You've given me another day. Thank you. And we can dedicate a little bit of special time to really draw near to the Lord through fasting. So we need to take time to occasionally focus on praising God and denying ourselves a meal or two. We probably all need it. I know I do. But remember, the, the reason for fasting is not a health. It's not a health thing. It's healthy for you. It will bring spiritual health, but it has nothing to do, in a biblical sense, it has nothing to do with weight loss. It has nothing to do with um, uh, physical health kick like the world tells us about fasting. Fasting is a spiritual biblical thing that that we can practice so we can fast to strengthen prayer to seek god's guidance to express grief to express repentance and the return to god to humble ourselves before god to minister to the needs of others to overcome temptation in our lives and to express love praise and worship to god and these aren't the only reasons there are many 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 reasons but we do not fast to impress god we fast to draw near to him Fasting is a biblical practice that I believe Jesus expects us to do because he says when you fast, he expects us to do this. And he did it. And if he did it, well, we should do it. And there are many valid reasons to fast. Now, is anybody intimidated thinking about fasting? A little bit. Like, oh no, I don't know if I can do that. It's a little scary. We are Baptist folks. We like to eat food. Most of you have probably spent the last 30 minutes thinking, oh my goodness, I am hungry. When is this going to be finished? My grandmother made a sweet meal back at her house that I am going to go eat. That is not true in my life, but I'm going to go eat something. We spend a lot of time thinking about food. Sometimes food might even be an idol in our life. So uh, as I finished, I was wrapping up writing this message on Sun, on not Sunday, today's Sunday, on Friday, I was finishing up, I was kind of towards the end, and I thought, you know what, I'm getting kind of hungry, and I don't have a truck, so I walked down to Chuck's, where I found Dale. He rode right, I'm walking, he rode right by me, didn't even pick me up. <laughs> That's not true, I saw him when I got finished eating. But, so I'm sitting in Chuck's, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm smelling all the smells, and I'm seeing people laughing and all this, and Chuck said, hey, preacher, what's the sermon about on Sunday? And I had a mouthful of fried shrimp, I said, fasting. <laughs> <laughs> So we got a good laugh out of that. But if you're here and, you, and you're thinking, well, if, you, if, you, if, if fasting is something you see the benefit of uh, based on what, we've, what we're talking about today, 
let's say tomorrow morning or tomorrow you fast and it doesn't go well and nothing radical happens and you think, well, this was a waste of my time. Well, think about, think about losing weight. Discipline takes discipline. You don't lose 50 pounds walking on a treadmill one time. It takes several times. It takes practice. It takes effort. Fasting, you might, something profound might happen in your life tomorrow if you fast, and absolutely nothing might also happen. So stick with it. Have a plan. Think about, take this bulletin home. Think about some of the reasons you could be fasting. Buy this book, this spiritual disciplines book. If you can't afford it, I'll buy it for you. And uh, read the book. Read the, think about fasting. Go to the front of your Bible. I'm sure it'll outline areas in the Bible that, uh, that highlight fasting. So try it. Try something new. Maybe you'll be revitalized in a way that you haven't been in 10 days or 10 months or 10 years. This is, these are good things. So remember, Jesus says, I've read it twice already, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. So don't go to work and tell everybody, oh, I can't eat today. I'm fasting. I'm fasting for spiritual purposes. I'm praying for your sins in your life. Don't do all that. Just do it in secret, he says. And don't look miserable while you're doing it and don't complain about it. So... Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting might be seen by others who are not fasting for self-righteous reasons. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. So go on about your day as you normally would, even when you're fasting, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We don't know what the reward will be. I don't. But if you participate, you will be rewarded, it says, fast in secret. So there's a quote in this book, and I also included it in the bulletin by Don Whitney. And I think it, it should give us energy, not only, for, um, not only for fasting, but this could go, you could replace the, the fasting in this quote. You could, you could say giving or praying. We've, we've received a little, in the last three weeks, we've talked about giving, praying, and fasting. And that's sort of been a sermon series within a sermon series, so to speak. But the quote is this, like all spiritual disciplines, fasting hoists the sails of the soul in hopes of experiencing the gracious wind of God's Spirit. Like all the spiritual disciplines, fasting hoists the sails of the soul in hopes of experiencing the gracious wind of God's Spirit. So you think about a sailboat, you raise a hoist, that, you know, God, I want to I want to feel your breath. I want to feel your presence. I'm going to raise the sails by fasting in hopes that I draw near to you and, and God will breathe that grace on you and you'll feel his spirit. So let's let's try this. Let's try it in secret. Uh, and if you have something worthwhile to share of your experience about it, then to encourage the rest of us, please do that. But um, remember, we don't fast to impress God. We fast to draw near to Him. And Jesus expects us to do it because He tells us in His Word to do it. And there are many, many valid reasons to do it. So think about, think about needs in your own life. Think about needs in other people's lives. Think about uh, spiritual needs, physical needs. All, there's so many needs all around us. And uh, I just hope that you see this as an important thing. I hope that as we go through messages that you, we see how I, I tell you what, when I'm writing them, I th I, I'm convicted more uh, in the past six months writing these week after week sermons than I've ever been in my li whole life. Like, my gosh, I need to, God, you tell me to do these things and sometimes I neglect them. So let's not neglect what God tells us to do. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I'm grateful for this day in this church that we got to witness a baptism. And baptism is just an exp- a uh, proclamation that we're following you publicly. God, I, you know, we, say, we, we get in the water and we say, God, I want to follow you. I'm not perfect, uh, but I am willing to be sharpened by your holiness. And uh, that is a great celebration. And I just pray that if there's anybody in here who's lost or hasn't, hasn't known you or hasn't come to know you yet, that they would keep coming and keep finding friends here to explain things to them and not only come to, to, to 11 o'clock, but come on Wednesday nights and come on um, Sunday mornings that their faith can be deepened and we can sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. So let's sharpen one another. And uh, Lord, I'm just grateful for uh, this Christmas season that, uh, that, that we are reminded of all the good things that you've done for us, specifically uh, that you've died, you were born so that you could fulfill uh, God's will and die on the cross to save us from our sins. That's the whole point of our faith is that you came to this earth to be our Savior and Lord. So just if there's anybody here today that, that doesn't know you, um, I just ask that they would they would continue to come and and continue to be sharpened by your word because it's not me that's doing this work. It's the word that you've given us. And and I'm just grateful that you've given us the word in our language to read. In many versions, uh, we have no excuse not to understand your word because you've given us here in this place uh, the resources to do so. And I'm so very grateful for that. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.